0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is May 14th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at underscore omd Back with you here on a Monday. It is NBA Draft Lottery Week. We'll have plenty more to come on the NBA Draft Lottery on Tuesday. And of course, Tuesday night at 7.30 is our live NBA Draft Google hang- NBA draft Lottery Google Hangout. I'll be on there. Ricky Skricka will be on there. Orlando Pinstripe Post Aaron Goldstone will be on there. We'll have the crew from the Orlando Magic Podcast on there. Andy Harrington and Andrew Garlick. We'll all be there. Recap the Magic season a little bit. Talk a little bit about the coaching search, which I'll talk a little bit more about today. Preview the upcoming NBA draft, and then we will watch the NBA draft lottery live with you with our live reactions. You can join us all on YouTube. I'll send out the links, post them up on LockedOnMagic.com, as well as Orlando Magic Daily, as well as on Twitter at lockedonmagic and at oMagicDaily and at Philip R underscore OMD. Plenty of places to come in, watch the show live, interact with us, ask us questions uh, as we get ready for the NBA draft. We'll watch the NBA draft lottery live. The show for the NBA draft lottery. Starts at 7.30 on ESPN. According to my Spectrum Guide, it is an hour-long show. So it'll be 7.30 to 8.30 leading right into the Eastern Conference Finals Game 2. We'll be on there to talk specifically about the Magic and talk about things from the Magic perspective. We'll probably reference some things on the screen. I'll have my big board so we can follow along with the draft order as well. Uh, as the NBA Draft gets into a little bit higher gear. We'll have plenty to talk about with the draft as well, as I'm sure news will come out. We'll find out who the Magic are interviewing at the NBA Draft Combine as that leaks out. If the Magic actually do leak that out, I'm sure the players will actually leak that out more than more than uh, the, the team will. Uh, and then, of course, we'll keep abreast of everything else that's going on. So seeing that, the rest of this week will be focused on the NBA Draft and the NBA Draft Lottery. I decided today is going to be a coaching re- coaching search re- reset day. I've kind of been ignoring the coaching search a little bit too much. Now I'm talking about it too much as there's really nothing more to say. Of course, there were some dominoes that fell on the coaching's coaching front over the last few days. And I wanted to catch you up on them and I figured the best way to get you caught up on them is from the source themselves, from the guys who cover these teams every single day. And that's, of course the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. So last time we did, we talked about the Stan Van Gundy firing. Let's talk about a familiar name coming to the Charlotte Hornets. Now here is the Locked On Hornets, their take on the hire of former Magic interim coach, James Borrego.
2: I'm Walker Mail of the Locked On Hornets podcast. The Charlotte Hornets now have selected James Borrego as their new head coach. Again, this is coming after the Hornets had finalized a couple of head coaching candidates in the Spurs assistant James Borrego and the Celtics assistant Jay Laranega. Again, Adrian Wojnarowski just reporting that James Borrego would be the new head coach for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, Borrego comes in having had 10 years of experience under Greg Popovich, did serve a short stint with the Orlando Magic under Jacques Vaughn, eventually taking over for him when he was let go by the Magic and accumulating a 10-20 and 20 record As the interim head coach, of course, Scott Skiles comes in with Orlando to become the new head coach. And Borrego goes back to the San Antonio Spurs to serve under Greg Popovich. Also served under Monty Williams for a brief stint with the New Orleans then Hornets. Um, Monty Williams, of course, coming also from that Greg Popovich tree. So James Borrego has a little bit of head coaching experience as the interim head coach with Orlando. But also a ton of experience under what a lot of people consider to be the best coach in today's NBA and maybe of all time and Greg Popovich. So Borrego now replaces Steve Clifford, who was fired at the end of this regular season as Mitch Kupchak, the new general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, came in and decided Steve Clifford's fate. Mitch Kupchak again served a long time with the Los Angeles Lakers, about 20 years And he is at the helm now of the Charlotte Hornets decision-making as the general manager who now brings in James Borrego. A couple of other questions to go on with the Charlotte Hornets as what their future may look like. You do have Kimba Walker, who was rumored in some trade consideration really before the trade deadline. They held on to him then. It does not mean that he is a surefire thing to stay on this Charlotte Hornets roster. So who knows what Mitch Kupchak decides to do there. You do have, of course, Dwight Howard, who is a guy that is a big man down low that is kind of losing some value in today's NBA, but still carries a hefty contract. You wonder what kind of trading, what kind of trading partners the Charlotte Hornets could see there. There's a lot of questions for the Charlotte Hornets team, but one that is no longer a question—they did find the answer, at least of now—and that is James Borrego, the San Antonio Spurs' former assistant, now the Charlotte Hornets' new head coach. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Walker Mail on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: And if you want a little bit more discussion about the hiring of James Borrego from myself, I joined Locked Hornets late last week as well to discuss it a little bit of course. Now, the hire is official. James Borrego has been introduced as the assistant as the new head coach of the division rival Charlotte Hornets. Uh, of course, uh, the magic weren't I don't think looking at James Borrego. there's there's nothing to suggest that they that they were, but Yet another domino has fallen. And of course, that's what I'm trying to build here is, is build a little domino set and start tipping, tipping them over to see what that reveals about the Magic. And that leads us to the next coaching decision that was made over the weekend. The Atlanta Hawks have, had their, have named their new head coach and it is, uh, it is uh, uh, Philadelphia 76ers assistant coach Lloyd Pierce. Let's hear from Locked On Hawks, another division rival. Let's hear from Locked On Hawks what they have to say about their hire.
3: Hello friends, I am Brad Roland of the Locked On Hawks podcast and the Atlanta Hawks officially have a new basketball coach as of Friday evening as the team announced that they have an agreement in principle with a former, I guess now former, fellow 576 uh, assistant coach Lloyd Pierce who will be a first time head coach in the NBA. Uh, that comes on the heels of the team parting ways with Mike Budenholzer back on April 25th and since that point, the Hawks did a pretty extensive search. They interviewed seven candidates after uh, that they narrowed things down to uh, three or four finalists but at the same time. Um, that, you know, over the last few days, it certainly appeared as if they were going to center on Lloyd Pierce. Of course, the, Six, the Sixers were still involved in the playoffs until late in the week here. But at the same time, there was uh, plenty of meetings. Apparently Pierce met with the Hawks on three different occasions, including meetings with Tony Ressler, the, the team's owner, and the GM, Travis Schlink. And at the end of the process, uh, both Adrian Wojnarowski and Mark Spears at ESPN broke the news of the hire on Friday evening. And uh, here we are. And after that, it had been basically a less than well kept secret in the uh, in the last several hours of the uh candidacy transitioning into that offer and of course the acceptance on the part of pierce he brings with him a strong player development background in Philadelphia and uh, several other stops before that, including Golden State, in which he worked with Travis Schlenk briefly. Schlenk was of course an assistant under, under Bob Myers in the front office with the Warriors before taking over for the Hawks. Uh, and Atlanta clearly was targeting a young coach to help, to help lead their rebuilding. Pierce was actually ironically hired on his 42nd birthday on Friday, and he's going to be tasked with, with doing just that in the future for the Hawks as this team transitions. Um, of course they already spent um, most of this season rebuilding uh, and uh, after a, after a 10-year playoff streak came to an end, but uh, with Budenholzer out the door and Pierce in the door, a lot of uh, sort of overturning and uh, sort of in the way that the, that the team's going to be operating, and of course, everyone is uh, pretty upbeat when it comes to this hire. It's uh, definitely the case with any first-time coaching hire that the jury has to be out at this point still with the ability of Pierce to manage all of the overall tasks associated with being a head coach for the first time, managing a staff, all that fun stuff. But all of the buzz out of Philadelphia is very positive about his defensive approach, his player relations, his player development. Uh, a lot of a lot of congratulations coming um, coming from Pierce, uh, coming to Pierce, I should say, from around the league. Uh, guys who, who played for him in Philadelphia and other spots reaching out um, but publicly on social media to congratulate Pierce, and the Hawks are very, very pleased with their hire. He'll be introduced on Monday, but in the meantime... The Hawks have a new head coach, and uh, right in time for a, a very, very pivotal moment at the, at the NBA draft lottery on Tuesday. Pierce will be in place for that point in time, and then the Hawks can look sort of cohesively at the future in Atlanta. So a lot of things to be excited about in the middle of a rebuild for the Hawks, and Lloyd Pierce will be the head coach beginning right about now
1: and that sounds like a fantastic hire for the Atlanta Hawks Lloyd Pierce from the Philadelphia uh, former assistant coach now with the Philadelphia 76ers he will be introduced as the Atlanta Hawks new head coach on Monday so today uh, and sounds like the kind of exact coach that the magic were looking for in fact uh, i would have said that that he was kind of you know, while the Magic were focused on a lot of Toronto guys and and, and we heard the rumors about Jerry Stackhouse or Nick Nurse or Emi or Adoka, I actually kind of pegged Lloyd Pierce as like a dark horse candidate and to say, you know, if Atlanta's going after him, why aren't the Magic? Now, maybe that relationship with Travis Schlank as as Lockdown Hawks there suggested... Um, Maybe that played a role in in getting him to to jump ship to to Atlanta and to take that chance with that team. Again, relationships are are a big thing in this industry and a big thing um, with, with how guys get jobs. That's why we suspect that the Magic might go after Nick Nurse or they might go after someone else because another pretty big domino fell on the coaching carousel shortly after the Toronto Raptors were eliminated from the playoffs. And of course, that domino ended up being Dwayne Casey. The surprise firing of Dwayne Casey by the Toronto Raptors—maybe um, it wasn't so much of a surprise. He is likely to win the head co- win coach of the year. He won coach of the year from his peers already. Um, that, that firing after the 4-0 sweep in the second round uh, caught a lot of people by surprise. I, I don't think there's there's any way around it. That that that. A lot of people thought Casey would be safe. After all, he was—he's going to win Coach of the Year. After all, the Raptors had this pro- probably the best Raptors team of all time. But ultimately, Toronto did want to get to that next level. They were the first seed in the Eastern Conference. They weren't able to get over that hump, and so now let's hear what Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors has to say about why Dwayne Casey is no longer the coach there.
0: Hey, how's it going? This is Sean Woodley, the host of Locked On Raptors, here to break down the breaking news that Dwayne Casey, the seven-year head coach of the Toronto Raptors, has been let go by the team. This coming, of course, after they were swept for the second straight season by LeBron James and the Cavs. And there is a lot to get into with this. It is a decision that is sort of surprising, but at the same time isn't. Of course, like I don't think anyone could point to the series where the Raptors got swept by the Cavs and say that was all Dwayne Casey's fault. I think a lot of it is just LeBron is LeBron, and he is a powerful singular force who has owned not just the Raptors, but pretty much every other team in the Eastern Conference over the last decade. So I don't think it's a shocker that the Raptors were unable to sort of crack that nut. But I do sort of understand it from the perspective that... You know, he didn't have a great series. It was a a tough time. He did not have a defensive game plan that was well-crafted to stopping LeBron. And I think that kind of speaks to the larger issue of Dwayne Casey, which has always kind of been the thing with him, is that he's not the best tactical coach in the world. He is a very good, maybe one of the very best in the league at being a big-picture relationships guy and he did an excellent job with that. When he was hired by the Raptors, the Raptors were in the middle of nowhere, absolutely listless as a franchise, and I think the decision to hire him was built, you know, a lot around his ability to sort of connect with players and build a culture and form good habits, and he did that, and the Raptors have, you know, been the most successful they've ever been under Dwayne Casey. Five years in a row in the playoffs, 50 wins three seasons straight, 59 wins, of course, this season after completely changing over the offense, and, You know, it's really sad to see Dwayne Casey go. He's a fantastic guy. He is really easy to deal with with the media, and he did a really great job shepherding this team along from a point that, you know, they really weren't supposed to become this good. You know, they were supposed to blow it up in 2013 14. They traded Rudy Gay. Kyle Lowry was almost out the door. And then, you know, after some friction, him and Casey, Lowry and Casey, kind of figured things out really sort of established a good bond, and, you know, you see where the Raptors are now. People clown them for losing to the Cavs, but no other team has gotten to play the Cavs in the playoffs three years in a row uh, in the second or third round, and I think it speaks very highly that the Raptors are the team that keeps getting beaten by LeBron, as weird as that sounds. You know, they've gotten further than most teams in the East. They have won more playoff series than any, uh, any, any team in the league aside from the Cavs and Warriors over the last three seasons, so I think it's... You know you can clown them all you want, but in, in in the grand scheme of things, the Raptors have become one of the more you know successful, stable, model franchises in the NBA, and a lot of that has to do with Dwayne Casey. So moving on from him does seem like a bit of a strange pivot. At the same time, I do think there there is some reason to it, and I think you know part of the reason that you know. The, the, I think the reflection of Dwayne Casey is that he's been so successful at building the culture and building the, the team from you know the, the ground up and sort of getting this big picture thing just sort of hammered down to its science. Like The Raptors are just a really well-run team in the regular season. They win a lot of games for a reason. He's very strict with rotations. He gets guys in roles. They know their roles, and they perform them every night. And I think that is honestly so, sort of the reason that maybe a change is needed in that the Raptors have, have grown under Dwayne Casey to a point where they're no longer in need of a big picture coach anymore. They're in need of someone who's more of a tactical wizard who can kind of look at a series and not take a game or two to adjust who can kind of, you know, change things up and throw different looks out there that, you know, maybe Dwayne Casey's been a little bit slow to get to in the past. So you know, I think the next coach is going to be someone who's more of a tactical genius. You know, Jerry Stackhouse is a guy whose name has been thrown out there. I kind of throw Stackhouse just from what I've seen from him at the G League team so far with the Raptors. He's made the finals two years in a row, but I'm not sure he's got sort of the tactical acumen that you would want and who's going to be the next head coach you know I think he's probably a guy considering the job he's done as a development coach with the young guys of the G League you'd probably want for a younger team and if the Raptors are going to blow it all up and trade away Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Serge Ibaka, Jonas Valanciunas then maybe Stackhouse is the guy but I do think Casey getting fired kind of gives me the sense at least and this could change of course but I do get the sense that you know DeRozan, Lowry. You know, whoever else is going to be back next season for one last kick with a new coach. Hopefully, a new message message comes across. It's a way to sell it to the fan base that you're bringing back the same team that just got swept two years in a row, but it's going to have a different coach at the helm. And I do think that coach is going to be more of a tactical guy who is more sort of you know lauded for his in-game expertise as opposed to more of a big picture thing. Because I think I think the Raptors at this point probably believe that their franchise is stable enough and you know has come far enough and is, is strong enough you know as a culture and just sort of as a as a an organization as a whole that they can withstand not having a guy like Dwayne Casey to be the head coach, who is so good at the big picture stuff. So, guys, I'm thinking about Nick Nurse is the lead assistant for the Raptors right now. He was sort of the architect of the offensive change the Raptors did this season, and you know it worked really well. And he his playbook is deep, it's it's advanced, and he has been on the sort of short list of coaching candidates for a little while. He's interviewed for a couple jobs here and there, uh, so I'd expect him to get a long look. And then also the report coming out from Mark Stein and others is that uh, Mike Budenholzer is also someone that's high. on. Messiah Jiri's list. Uh, I, you know, people joke about Mike Budenholzer and sort of what happened with the Hawks this season. I think it would make some sense as long as he's not getting any sort of you know general managership of the team. I think that's probably what they would want to steer away from. If he's looking for complete power like he wanted in Atlanta maybe that'll be a difficult sell for him and I think that would be a difficult sell for the Raptors as well on their end um, but you know a guy like Budenholzer who you know while the the Hawks were sort of known as this egalitarian fun loving team back in 2015 when they won 60 games they were the second best defense in the league and maybe you can sort of Count on Budenholzer to craft a better scheme to maybe go up against LeBron James. Here's the thing: no Raptors coach is changing the Raptors' forces against LeBron James unless LeBron James becomes a worse player, which doesn't seem to be on the horizon anytime soon. This, I think, is very much a PR move to try to sell the team, sell to the fans that the team coming back is going to have at least a bit of a different voice and maybe sell it as some sort of way to get around LeBron. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think any new coach is scheming around LeBron James, but uh, I do kind of understand the, the 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 pivot here to maybe go from a bigger picture guy. To a more tactical guy really do think that's what it comes down to Um, Dwayne Casey was a fantastic coach he's going to be missed uh, by a lot of people in Toronto and you know it's a big risk there's a good chance that the next coach is not as good a coach as Dwayne Casey and I think Casey should be scooped up by some other team almost immediately I would bet like Orlando with Jeff Weltman who was the Raptors GM last season maybe that's a candidate there Um, and you know he's going to be picked up soon because he's an excellent coach and any team that is in sort of disarray and needs to establish a culture should be calling up Dwayne Casey right this minute to get an interview set up. That's all I got in this for now. Check out Locked on Raptors. I'll have a full episode about all of this. We'll get into all the different angles of sort of the optics of the Dwayne Casey firing and sort of where to go from here, what kind of candidate the Raptors should be looking for, and uh, maybe throw some names out there and maybe, you know, sort of hypothesize what, what else we're going to see from this offseason, which apparently is going to feature lots of change, change for the Raptors, a team that has not changed a whole lot uh, in, in a bunch of years. So interesting times ahead for the Raptors. You can hear it all on Locked on Raptors uh, with myself, Sean Woodley, and thanks for tuning in.
1: A detailed breakdown there from Sean Woodley on the, I guess, surprise firing or maybe not so surprise firing of Dwayne Casey. You might have noticed in there he did mention uh, that uh, not that uh, there he did mention the Orlando Magic and the possibility that former Raptors general manager, now Orlando Magic president of basketball operations, Jeff Weltman may go out and get Dwayne Casey. In fact, those rumors are already flying now. All this means, of course, is that the dominoes have begun to fall around the league. There are now only four head coaching jobs open in the league. Milwaukee, Orlando, Detroit, and Toronto. Everything else is filled. Now, Toronto and Milwaukee, you could fairly say, are the best of the bunch. Among those among those teams, actually, Orlando is the only rebuilding team that has yet to hire a coach. And the easy question to ask is, why? Why haven't the Magic hired a coach? Now, we only, the Magic have kept their coaching search extremely quiet. The only information that's leaked to the press is that the Magic have interviewed David Fisdale, that the Magic have interviewed Ime Yodoka, and the Magic have interviewed David Vanderpool. I'll talk about them in just a little bit. But now that the Toronto Raptors are out of the playoffs, that seems to add another element to this equation. It's been long assumed that the Magic would look to the Toronto Raptors organization, an organization that Weltman is very familiar with, that they would look to that organization to find their next head coach. I mean, after all, say what you want about the Raptors in the playoffs. That organization has been a model organization in the league for some time now, under Masai Ujiri and, and Jeff Weltman, actually. They built up from almost nothing. They didn't have high draft picks, and yet, and yet here they are, Standing toe-to-toe with the Cleveland Cavaliers, with home court advantage, best record in the Eastern Conference, and yeah, a couple of All-Stars too in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. They drafted DeMar DeRozan, what, ninth overall a few years before, Weltman got, or before Ujiri got there? They were considering tanking. In fact, many people believed the Raptors were trying to tank to get Andrew Wiggins. The joke that was going around at the time is if the NBA was trying to fix things, they'd send Andrew Wiggins to the Raptors and Jabari Parker to the Jazz. That's obviously not how things played out. That's not how either of those organizations actually work, and that's probably why those organizations are actually pretty successful they don't tank. They they find picks no matter where they draft. But that's neither here nor there. So Toronto is an organization that I think the Magic do want to model themselves after uh, in some form or fashion. So Nick Nurse now on the table. As Sean suggested there, maybe the Raptors go after him. Maybe the Raptors hire him and Rex Kalamian. Maybe one of the issues is, and this could be an issue if the Magic do actually go after Dwayne Casey, maybe the Raptors stay in-house, hire Nick Nurse, keep the same coaching staff. That's what happened when the Magic hired, hired Frank Vogel. He was unable to take his coaching staff with him from Indiana to Orlando because the Pacers kept Nate McMillan and most of his coaching staff. It was a completely new coaching staff that Vogel brought in and I don't think that group would have succeeded anyway, That I don't think it helped that Vogel had to build an entirely new staff, especially kind of that late in the game. And believe it or not, we are late in the coaching search game. Yes, the Bucs don't have a coach yet, and they are a closer playoff team, but they're probably not looking at the same type of guys, or same type of girls for that matter, that the Magic are looking at. Yes, the Raptors just fired their coach, but again, they're probably not looking at the same quality of coaches. The Magic are probably looking at a coach very similar to a Lloyd Pierce, a guy who is relatively young, hasn't coached, hasn't had a head coaching job, known for player development, has more of a specific idea of how he wants to build. I think that's a a big quality that I'm looking for. I want someone who has a detailed plan on how he wants to build this thing out, not someone who's just going to come in and say, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to do. I don't think that's a successful way to build a program. But at the same time, needs to be on the same page and on board with Kind of the direction, or have his direction jive with what uh, with what management ultimately wants. But now these dominoes are falling. Now we're seeing the board start to play out, and eventually the Magic do need to hire a coach. At this point, if it's not if they're not gonna, if it's not going to happen Monday, it's probably not going to happen until next week. Typically, you would like your coach in place heading into the NBA draft lottery, and especially the NBA draft combine, of course, Thursday and Friday after the NBA draft lottery on Tuesday in Chicago, the NBA draft prospects will all be there. They'll get their man- They'll get their measurements. Some of them will go through drills. Some of them will play some games. But more importantly, they'll all go through the interview process for the first time. I think it's a 15 or 30-minute interview um, based on the structure that the NBA gives. It's kind of like speed interviewing, just getting to know you, begin setting some stuff up. With the lottery done, the Magic will know a little bit more about who they can target in the draft, and they'll begin talking to these prospects, and it would be nice to have the head coach there in place. Of course, two years ago when Scott Scowls resigned, he resigned while the team was up in Chicago at the NBA Draft Combine, causing them to scramble a little bit, and at that point, they moved very quickly to get a coach. If the Magic don't have a coach Monday, and it's looking like they won't, I would suspect that they'll get one over the weekend and be ready to go. So the dominoes have started to fall. The dominoes have really started to fall for the Magic, and now it's about picking the right guy. And that is a little bit more of a difficult task. For the most part, the Magic are looking at former assistant coaches. They're not looking at guys who have head coaching experience. Dwayne Casey is, has entered the market, and I understand, uh, and I'm a big Dwayne Casey fan. I think he did I think he did a great job in Toronto. Um, I don't think that the loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers was necessarily his fault. Winning at that elite level takes something more, and his players maybe didn't have the best habits. They reverted back to a style of play that they were trying to get rid of, and maybe some of that is on Casey. Again, Nick Nurse is, as as Sean mentioned, widely credited for changing the Raptors' offense and and making it a little bit more dynamic and three-point-based. But at the end of the day, I, I don't see the Magic chasing after uh, Dwayne Casey. I don't think that's ultimately their mark. Although, who knows? We, we really don't know anything about this Magic coaching search. But let's let's hone in on those candidates that we do know about. Ime Yadoka, David Vanderpool, and for kicks, let's say Nick Nurse. How do you differentiate between those three coaches? How do you do it? What can we... Really credit each coach with doing. I, I tried to do a little bit of research on this because this has been something that's that's popped up as as Magic fans a hunger for information and b try to figure out what they want in a coach what 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 they want to back up back up in a coach and it, it you know really all these conversations come down to whenever someone suggests hey would this be a good coach do you like this guy really I say yeah I don't see why not I I don't, I don't Think he'd be bad, I, I'd, I'd give him an interview. Because really when it comes down to it, figuring out what an assistant coach does or what a resi- assistant coach is responsible for in the success of a team and whether that translates to a head coaching position, comes down to A, 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 a knowledge of what each coach does that, that frankly isn't available to the public. And B, it comes down to the interview, differentiating these candidates based on what they say in the interview process and get management to believe in him, to say, this is our guy. And, you know, I say this honestly a lot about when it comes down to coaching decisions. If you really have any doubt, it's probably time to move on. Because coaches are fairly easy to find. Because differentiating between these assistant coaches is frankly not that, is, is frankly very difficult. And and the difference between success and failure often really is just the bounce of a ball on a random night or or just something that doesn't click. I mean, Frank Vogel, everyone would say he's a successful coach. The players even said he did a great job getting us to stick together this year. But it was also clear something wasn't working. Something wasn't clicking. This team was 8-4, and four and all of a sudden they fell off a cliff. That isn't happening in Boston. Sure, Boston's plenty more talented, but Boston lost two all-star players as well. So clearly, it's hard to, to, to pinpoint exactly these differences. But let's take the for instance here. David Vanderpool, uh, on, on the record, Portland Trailblazers head coach Terry Stotts said, David Vanderpool is essentially our defensive coordinator. Portland had a pretty good defense this year. They've had a bad defense in the past, had pretty good defense this year, had a pretty good defense last year, playoff caliber guys. Which is impressive considering Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are not strong defenders. At the same in the same token, Vanterpool often credited with the development for McCollum and Lillard. So those are some nice marks. That, that, that definitely speaks highly of him. Let's talk about Nick Nurse then. Nick Nurse widely credited with changing the Raptors offense, making a very good offense a good offense into a very good offense, into a team that nearly won 60 games with its offense. Can you give all the credit to Nick Nurse for that? No. But on both Vanterpool and Nurse, the Pelicans had the best offensive rating in the first round. Blazers got swept, and it was not pretty. That was Vanterpool's defense, right? Nurse and the Raptors offense cratered again in the playoffs. Do you put that on Nurse? Let's talk about Ime Yadoka then. What do we know about what Ime Yadoka does? Ime Yadoka, seven-year veteran in the NBA, has has great relationships. Help sell Lamarcus Aldridge on the Spurs, very tight with him, kind of the calm voice to, to keep Greg Popovich back. But otherwise, what are his responsibilities? What does he add? I I would say that that, you know, at least for the magic, at least I have a basic understanding of what each assistant coach's responsibilities are. But I couldn't tell you what Chad Forcier does over Matt Hill, over Jay Hernandez. I mean, Jay Hernandez. You know, I, we know that he was a player development guy, that, that he was kind of a, a drills guy for wings. So we assume that that he did a lot of those drills and a lot of that work with the players. I mean, there was a video that came out uh, that, that he worked a lot with Jonathan Isaac. Matt Hill did a lot of work with the big men, but, you know, I think he's done a lot of work with the big men for most of his career with the Magic because he's 6'10". It, I mean, even with the Magic, you don't quite know what each assistant coach does on a day-to-day basis, what he's really responsible for. Maybe that's a bad example because they're all fired right now except for Matt Hill. But this is the general point, though. As we look at these candidates, and, and we can bring in plenty more that the Magic may or may not have interviewed, Rex Kalamian from the Raptors or Jaron Collins from the Golden State Warriors or Becky Hammond from the San Antonio Spurs or any of them, Really, any of them. And what differentiates them is not something that the public's going to know. It's going to be up to Jeff Weltman and up to John Hammond to make those differentiations, to understand their roles and responsibilities, to understand their strengths and weaknesses, and to say, what will this look like when they are in charge of the whole thing? And so it's hard to get behind any single candidate because A, We don't have much information. And B, B, because a lot of it just isn't public consumption, isn't public knowledge. We don't know what differentiates these these coaches, these these staff members. We we don't know what makes them better than another. Because They all look great, and they all look the same to me, and you never know which assistant coach is going to hit as a head coach as well. So eventually, the Magic will make a decision. Eventually, the Magic will have a head coach. Eventually, I'll send out my clip to the whole Locked On family to uh, discuss the Magic's new hire. But the Magic clearly aren't there yet, and I think what is important and I think that this is exactly what the Magic should do. As Jeff Waltman said, find the right person, not find them fast. It's about getting it right, not getting it done fast. Obviously, the Magic haven't gotten it done fast because they're looking for the right person. Having said all that, I want to close today's show by recounting something that I heard on Woj's, on the Woj podcast From earlier this week, he spoke to Ian Begley of ESPN about the David Fisdale hire, and of course the Magic did interview David Fisdale, and it's been confirmed that they interviewed David Fisdale. Um, Woj was really high on the Magic. He kind of went out of his way to talk about the Magic, actually, because he said Fisdale essentially went from Orlando on a Wednesday to New York on a Thursday and ended up taking the Knicks job that Thursday. And, and he really seemed to suggest that the only reason Fisdale took the job was the Knicks were ready to offer him a contract that day, and the Magic just weren't. So whether you think that that's a mistake or not, time will tell. But essentially, Woj said, that, Woj said in the podcast, he kind of said, Fisdale was really intrigued with Orlando. And Weltman and Hammond have a lot of respect around the league. People want... People are very intrigued by Orlando, and and Woj said this twice. Orlando's a better job than people give it credit for. Things have gone sideways for the last six years, as, as Woj noted. But when things are going well in Orlando, they're going really well. When things are going well in Orlando, it is a place people want to be. And he seemed to emphasize this, and it's not the first time I've heard him say that. And Woj, as we know, is as plugged in as anybody in the league. And so clearly right now, as Waltman said, it's about getting it right, not getting it done fast, not just making a move for PR reasons. It's about getting the right person in. And at this point, if you don't trust Weltman, that's fine. I know it's been six years of heartache, and there isn't a lot of trust right now between the fan base and management, even though it's a different management group. I understand that. they got to earn some of that trust. But eventually it will come. Eventually this decision will be made and we'll see exactly the direction the Magic end up going. That's going to do it for me today on Locked on Magic. I want to thank you all again for listening. Of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And of course, follow us online at LockedOnMagic.com. Uh, you can of course follow me on Twitter at R underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including... Jonathan Isaac on Muscle Watch. That's right. It's May, and we're on Muscle Watch already. Check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll be back again tomorrow. I'll talk a little bit more about the NBA Draft Lottery. If you missed it, Friday, I I talked about my top 10 in the NBA draft, so be sure to check that out. You can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast name, listening device. Just head into the archives. And, of course, be here tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Magic. But for now... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your
2: daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.